Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants and paying respects to elders past and present and acknowledging our LGBTI Indigenous elders, including sister girls and brother boys. I'm Sally Goldner, your host for the next hour on the show today. Yes, an update on the Safe Schools Coalition and what next. Um, also a look at the Seven Sisters Festival, which I was down at yesterday. I remember there was a bit of debate about that last, uh, late last year. But we opened up today with Jenny Morris from the Story So Far album, a compilation album of her greatest hits. And, well, get some humour, because I have a guest in the studio today to do just that. Um, I'm joined in the 3CR studios by Bent. Bent, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Sally. It's great to be here. Good to have you um, with us because the 30th, wow, 30th Melbourne International Comedy Festival is getting underway on this um, Thursday, if I've got my dates right. Um, no, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yep, Wednesday. Wednesday. And runs through to the 17th of April, and you is in the festival. <laughs> That's right, Sally. I'm in the festival, so with my show, Looking for Dick. Looking for Dick. Um, so, well, that, that leads to a start. That leads to, I suppose, the first question. Um, any um, reason as to any – what was the reasoning or rationale? Well, no rationale at all. That's rationality is overrated. Um, that my, what my said, that's the title I'm going for. What was that one about? Oh, well, really it's, um, it's because it it's, uh, describes the show pretty well and I guess that there, there is actually a rationale. I know where comedians aren't known for being particularly rational, but, uh, you know, all the comedy experts say you should do comedy about what you know better. Best. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about you know this show for you know which is was just in Mardi Gras and it's doing Melbourne comedy and then a bunch of festivals overseas and I thought well what do I know best and that's how we came up with uh, looking for Dick. Okay, so you're you're out there out there looking in um, in what capacity? Uh, well, I'm not going to. Oh, should I should I ask more? <laughs> in, in what capacity is that? What you just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. No one's ever quite phrased it like that. I guess I'm out there looking for dick, like like most anyone is. <laughs> mm. So, I mean, I guess a lot of the show is about my adventures looking for dick. Fair enough. Um, and the, the inevitable question, which you know. You are, which you know, every I'm I'm going to do a really standard question, um, an unoriginal line, so to speak. For That's all right. Comedy. What on earth made you think I might like to try stand-up comedy? Oh well, actually, I came to stand-up a little bit of a different route than a lot of people. I've always been a performer, uh-huh. and um, 
I lived in the US for a long time and in the, I am Australian, but I lived over there and I did primarily performance art, uh, multimedia uh, performance. I also am uh, a certified clown, in case you hadn't already uh-huh. guessed that by looking at me. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, everyone's different. I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I am. I went to cloud school in San Francisco. That was a long time ago. And uh, I worked with puppets a lot. I uh, used to be a ventriloquist. Um, so I ended up coming back to Australia oh, quite a few years back now I, after living over there for a long time. And um, I've, I've been back and forth between Australia and uh, you know overseas over the last few years. And I was doing a show that was uh, – I started doing part stand-up, part ventriloquism. And then I had a show – that was was you know stand up and ventriloquism both that I was trying to take around the world but the puppets get kept getting detained in customs so oh. like, quite seriously people think I'm kidding but uh, and in Canada for instance they held on to my puppets for a month and I had shows booked so it was at that point that the puppets got ditched and I switched to just doing com- completely all stand up and uh, I love the I love the simplicity of it you know it's just uh, just me on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's certainly a lot easier getting in and out of countries because that's hard enough just getting me in and out of <laughs> countries a lot of the time without hauling boxes of puppets with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I like it. The audience like it. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I ended up switching uh, a couple of years back to just doing straight stand-up. Well, not not straight stand-up. Well, not, not straight-up <laughs> stand-up in your case, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not straight stand-up. Although, I mean, most of the venues you perform in when you're a comedian are primarily straight audiences, and that's that's fine. I'm happy to perform for anyone and everyone. Fair enough. So that, that's a checkered history. And I, I should just ask, in a spirit of compassion, the ventriloquist puppets, they're now safely um, retired somewhere? They oh, they've been abandoned. at a, They're at a, a friend's place in Toronto, and uh, he says that uh, when they cause problems, he just lights a candle and they calm down. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Then. Um, well. Yes. Um, I'm, there's. There's probably something. That I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, yes. All right. Then. Um, hmm. Yes. A bit. Um, why am I seeing that scene from Billy Elliot where they smashed the piano at the back? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there in the interest of. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm probably confusing you. It's Sunday morning, and I haven't quite woken up yet. Oh, I guess it's afternoon, but Sunday's up. Sundays, it's still really morning at this time. Yeah. Now, your um, your publicity blurb says you are a small and phallically challenged man. It does say that. Yeah, yes. It's, it's, a, that's, it's true. I'm a small and phallically challenged man, identified female at birth. Uh-huh. So, um, but uh, as the next line, you should read the next line for my blurb. Ah, uh, Yes. Um, you have, however, quote, enjoyed considerable success in the search for dick in bars, backrooms, saunas and Woolworths. That's correct. So, yes, I just I guess that's, you know, one of the points of my show, <laughs> other than obviously to make people laugh a lot, is just pointing out that uh, being dickless myself has not impeded me in my search for dick. Um, well, this this is... Um you know, this this is a good thing. I'm glad it's been successful. I, I'm Without giving any of your material away or any, you know, hints... Can we ask about Woolworths? Oh, thought, Woolies, yeah. yeah. Well, I actually, well, I was going to, that's, I've been meaning to pe- ask people here about Woolies because um, I want to know which are the good Woolies to pick up in, in Sydney, in, in in Melbourne. I was living, Ooh. sorry, to answer your question, I was I was living in Sydney in Slutty Hills, otherwise known as Surrey Hills. And <laughs> and 
believe me, I'm not the only one who was lucky at Woolies there. So, and the, yes, not 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 difficult to be lucky at Woolies. But I, I I do explain in my show I wasn't having sex at Woolworths. Oh, okay. You were just picking up there. Yeah, well, they were picking me up there. I didn't I didn't know until I got to Slutty Hills that that was a good pickup place. But mm. yes. But you don't have any tips for good woolies to... Well, look, we can ask our listeners to um, contact um, the program. Um, <laughs> you can do... And there's lots of ways they can do that. You can do that via email, out of the pan 855 at com. You can text 61401 You can look for the post for today's show on Facebook, on my page or out of the pans page. Um, and you can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. So um, yes, um, there, there's some ways. I mean, I, I look. My first thoughts would have been, say, the Fitzroy one or the St Kilda one, being in a suburban, um, or uh, sorry, Pran. I should have said down, um, you know, just behind behind Commercial Road. That should be a place. Pran. I thought Pran was very sort of. Um upper class but the upper class and they still pick up on woolies or i'm just wrong about the oh no look there is a, there are remnants of the of the the gay belt on commercial roads so, oh okay so yes look could be possible but as i say that is a, a wild <coughs> wild guess people <laughs> listeners of all genders um so um we'd want people with expertise because <laughs> i don't know about these things i'm at home by 10 30 with a glass of warm in bed with a glass of warm milk so i don't really know about these things so and it's okay it doesn't need to be supermarket so it's uh oh any tips uh, well, you look. I any tips are always appreciated when you're an out of towner, but uh, but uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll let you get back to your questions, and I'll, I'll stop asking you the questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, it's it's, a, it's an interesting role to be um, the interviewer um, on this side of the panel. But hey, look, I'm into diversity. And everything's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, let's have your thoughts um, on this, and if you've got questions for Bent, our guest. Um, yeah, send them in. Um, and um, in the meantime, um, we'll just have a bit of um, a rock and roll from Mr Neil Young because we need to keep on rocking in the free world. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally and guest Bent. Has your subscription lapsed? We want you back. Spend more than the evening with us. Reunite with us. Subscribe to 3CR and get excited. Call 9419 8377 or donate online, 3cr.org.au. And let's get back together. It'll feel so good. What do you think of when you hear the word drugs? Medicine. Medicine. Uh, recreational. There's lots of things, isn't it? <laughs> Covers all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? It's a bad thing, but... I don't know, people get good feelings off of Fun. Entheogenesis. Stupid. Fun. Youth. Yeah, fun. Uh, bad. <laughs> Dirty syringes. Shake my head. <laughs> Cocaine. Hater. Scourge. 
I'm figuring with him. Trouble or maybe addiction, something like that. Something I don't relate to at all, I don't understand. Party time. Well, generally, sort of loser, if you think of that, recreational drug. I don't know, drugs, bad. Medicine, help people, helping people with their conditions, whatever that may be. What is the drug user? Who is this person, the drug user? In Psychedelia, we're here to rethink the psychoactive paradigm. Sunday afternoons on 3CR, 2 till 3pm. As they said, two to three this afternoon in, I can never say the word, in Tycladelia with Nick and the crew, um, for those listening on Sunday. Um, so, um, haven't had any um, comments yet on uh, the best places to pick up. Um, we'll, we'll keep asking. Um, but, um, you know, it's something that you perhaps don't get to talk about a lot, Bent. Um, who, Bent is my guest today, a performer in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, the 30th, starting this Wednesday. Um is that you're a trans man. That's correct. Or um, I should have, uh, and is that your, sorry, exact um, preferred term? Or Well, you know what, I actually usually just identify as a man who, a uh, gay man. Um, I don't make any secret of the fact that I'm transgender. Uh, you know, like I was identified female at birth, or FTM, any of those terms are fine. But I don't, I tend to, uh, I find in Australia uh, a lot of the time there's still a lot of, you know, oh, well, you're not a man, you're not a man, you're mm. not a man. So I guess my little bit of an F you to that is just to say, you know what, you know, I, I choose how I identify. I just identify as a gay man. I happen to have been, you know, identified female at birth or FTM, but I guess I, I don't necessarily feel like I have to it's it's not that I'm it's not not, not that I'm ashamed or anything, mm. but I just don't feel like I necessarily have to state that all the time. Totally, totally, yeah. And you know, and lots of um people who well, fall under the trans and gender diverse umbrella. Are just saying, well, I'm male. In, say in your case, or some people say I'm female. Um, you know, and all that sort of thing. And of course, everyone, how everyone identifies, is of course their call. Um, so, um, when you know, what was, um, when did you? How long ago did you transition? Sorry, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, that's such a convoluted story for uh. me. But but I can tell you, I um I lived overseas and was skinny enough that I actually just. Uh, passed as uh i hate that term but uh, mm. i was read as male for a long time and then eventually i uh put on weight which was also around about the time i ended up back in australia and uh then i was being read as female and then uh uh basically just did started doing medical stuff uh several years ago okay so you but i i mean i think people i think also in a uh well, I guess lots of places, but particularly in Australia, I think people tend to be very obs- – I don't mean you, but the mm. world at large here tends to be very obsessed with the medical stuff. Yeah. And uh, I tend to sort of view that – I call it a medical transition because that's – to me, it's just, well, that that was the medical stuff. It's sort of not – I just don't find – I did it when I had to. I don't find it particularly interesting or entertaining, so it's not usually my focus. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> And so the the other thing though that struck me was um, you mentioned overseas, which you've mentioned a couple of times now. Um, how did you end up? I'll say in North America because you've mentioned both US and Canada, and of course we never say America when we mean Canada, or Canadians will have a right. Um, how did you end up over there? Oh, basically, I just I ran away. I ran away to uh, San Francisco, and New York when I was very young. So and, uh, <laughs> lived there for as long as I possibly could. <laughs> so I mean, for a performance artist, those cities are great. So, 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's something. They are they are amazing cities um, to to be in um, for sure, um, and also yeah, just um, general by anyone's world standards, I suppose they're generally pretty good queer cities as well. Yeah, and and you wound your way back here and started doing stand up, and of course you've got um, a whole heap of shows coming up now. You're doing um, three different venues over the course of the festival um, throughout um, sort of the first week, the second week, um, and you know, um, so um, and the third week and the third week, yeah. yeah. So tell us a bit, um, a bit about um, that, and also um, what you're also aiming to do for our some of our listeners. Oh, okay, yes. yes. So well, I guess I'll say that first. I'm happy to do giveaways. How do you want to structure that? Well, look, if people want to. Um, post under the Facebook page um, or use all those contact means. Um, text in 61401078981. Um, email out of the pan855 at gmail.com or post um, under the, um, you know, um, or PM me um, on Facebook. Um, I'll just pass the names on to you. Um, and we can well, work that out. Yeah, well, maybe will we say like the, the first four who who come in through whatever means get a free ticket? Is that Does that work for you? or That can work for me, yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, that means you should scurry in, I think, to one of those forms of uh, communication. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and so back to the, the, the main venue I'm doing is Hair Hole, Hairs and Hyenas, Yay. which I'm guessing most of uh, your listeners are very, probably familiar with. Very familiar yep. with. Yep. So I went on Johnson Street. Um, so I have five shows there. Um, and I'm also doing a couple of shows at Sub Club in the downtown area in the Flinders Court in the city. And I'm doing a couple at Kaz Shops on Smith Street. So I have, uh, for anyone who wants or needs a concession, I have really good concessions at, um, at the shows. Also, the first two shows, which are this coming Friday and Saturday um, at Kaz Shops on 80 Smith Street, are pay what you can. So... Um, yeah, that's those first two shows. You can um, – if you go to bentcomedy.com or you can also go to the Melbourne Comedy website, um, you'll find information about me. You, uh, obviously, I have a page there. If you just look for Bent Looking for Dick at Melbourne Comedy Festival or go to my website, bentcomedy.com. Um, so um, – and the other thing for people I know, sometimes people who don't attend comedy regularly are a bit nervous. I'm not a mean comedian, so I'm not I'm not big enough to be mean to people and get away with it. Plus, it's, I have more than enough uh, material to make fun of from my own life. Um, so you don't need to be scared. You don't need to be scared to sit in the front row. Uh, you won't be picked on at my comedy. Fair enough. And no, no one will – or on a similar note, no one will pull someone out and say – Hand me your watch and I'll break it into pieces. Nothing like that. No, 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 no nothing like that. And no, no, uh, no, no one's going to be made fun. Of it. I mean, I guess partly, you know, being who I am, I guess your viewers can't see me. But you know, I'm as I said, I'm not only am I phallically challenged, I'm also very small. So uh, you know, I've uh, uh, I'm just. I know what it's like to be in an audience and be sort of the, you know, the some some people pick you out as, oh, you're the easiest person to pick on, so I, I don't do that to anyone. No, fair, fair enough. Um, some comedians do, and you definitely don't. Um, you're just there to, um, well... Show your supply your wares, so to speak. Well, like I said, I, I've had a I've had a very entertaining life. I mean, 
honestly, you know, being transgender has been the least of my worries in my life. I've had other obstacles to overcome. And, you know, the great thing about, you know, being a comedian is it's just like every time you fall flat on your face or every time someone gives you shit, it's just, you know, more fodder for comedy. And certainly being a dickless man in Australia gives you a lot of material for comedy. (laughs) Well, it does raise an interesting question, you know, Australia's um, views on males and masculinity. I mean... I suppose, what do you think of them in yourself, just um, in themselves, sorry, and how do, how, does, how do we compare to other countries on how we're doing on that? It's, an intri- it's one that intrigues me. Well, you know, um, I guess this is just my perception, right? So, but I think, I think that in Australia, because we have a history of being really a, quite a misogynistic country, mm-hmm. um, and that you know, that sort of spills over into, you know, for instance, into elements of gay community. Um, and we we still have a lot of sort of, you know, the macho thing, like if you don't sort of meet up with it. Um, if you – I'm not explaining what I mean very well. I just think there's more – there's more my ex- <laughs> I guess just my experience when I first came back to Australia was I was just completely shocked at how much shit I got given and I was looking you know gender ambivalent at that point um so you know it's just I think it's I think it's just we we still have we I think we still need we've still got a long way to go in terms of accepting sort of diversity in many different ways. I mean, it's not just Australia, it's other places as well. Yeah. But um, I, I, <laughs> mm. I think people here find it harder to believe that you can be a man without a dick than a lot of other places I've lived where it didn't seem to be such an issue. <laughs> and all the, the other thing I find here, you know, like I, I say this in my show, that, you know, like the percentage worldwide, the percentage of um, – men who are transgender or identified female at birth who actually have dick surgery is only probably slightly more than the percentage of people who Botox their toes. It's not a lot. <laughs> yes. But in, in Australia, you do tend to get that a lot. Well, you're not a real man. If you were, you'd get the dick surgery, you know, which is sort of like, yeah, well, they don't do it in Australia at all. It's ridiculously expensive and it's, you know, there's still, it's not, hasn't really been perfected yet either. Very, very true, and of course, um, yeah, um, the out-of-pocket cost is around $100,000 Australian, the last I heard, if, if you are wanting to get it done. Well, you know, that's what I had heard too, although someone told me recently that the price has come down, but it's still still <laughs> prohibitively expensive. I'm, I'm definitely not. I'm sure some of your listeners are probably more expert on that than me because, uh, yeah, I'm not looking into it. Mm. Well, you know, if the prices come down, is there some sort of um, year 11 economics market forces at work, you know, supply and demand? What is it um, if the price is too high, it's got to come down to meet, um, balance out the, the markets or something? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, look, I, you know, I'm a gay man, I'm a bottom. If I, if I had money for lower surgery, I think it would make more sense I got bum implants, don't you? <laughs> Could be. Um, a, a cheeky response. Sorry about that. <laughs> That was terrible. Um, I'll, I'll just slap. <laughs> that was good. No, that was good. Oh, I was just going to slap myself, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> so you are still a comedian. Oh, look, it comes up now and then. Yes, um, at the at the right moments um, and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, having done it, and look, um, you know, I, I I think it's an interesting thing. I um, I found the the stand up comedy the comedy um, circuit to be very the, the comedians to be very supportive. Yeah, um, and there was no. 
transphobia. But we were discussing off air. Unfortunately, there are some stand-ups who you know are transphobic and they think they know about trans and for that matter bi i do remember that and you know I've, i'm not sure if you've had this i had people run lines i've got this really funny line about being trans <laughs> yeah. and you just stare at them and go and they say, you think you'll get a laugh i think i'll get a laugh i said no i think you'll get people throwing shoes at you of whatever gender <laughs> shoes have you had that experience well yeah look it was interesting when i was first doing uh when i was first doing stand-up it was actually in canada in toronto which is uh you know a mecca for trans people mm. of any description. And then when I came back to Australia, I guess what I found is that I was in Sydney and that the, you know, the stand-up community there is fantastic. It's very, the the other comedians are, you know, very engaging and supportive of each other. But um, at the same time, there is still a lot of transphobic comedy. And people, the thing, what I realised is that it, it's like, most things in Australia, we have had improvement in comedy in terms of, you know, the homophobia, the racism, things mm. like that. There's been a definite improvement compared to, say, 20 years ago. Totally. Yeah, but with transphobia, yeah, you know, there's a lot of comedians who they don't even try to write a, write a joke. I mean, just the fact that someone is transgender creates – that's the, the punchline for them. So mm. it's very – there's a lot of still just sort of cheap, nasty, transphobic comedy. Um, but uh, – which I found sort of a bit shocking at first, but and I've I've gone up, you know, because in comedy clubs you're going up on with you know a bunch of other comedians, and I've gone up on stage directly after really transphobic, oh. and I've I've also come off stage and had other comedians go up and and say really transphobic things, but that's the minority. Um, but uh, you know what I found though is just uh, doing comedy is is a great way to sort of for people to learn, and you know, lots of I mean. So many times, you know, when I've done comedy, uh, and I don't always talk about being trans, but I often do, and and certainly I'm always, you know, I'm always read as gay, um, but you know, oftentimes people in the audience come up and like, ah, you know, and they they it starts an interesting conversation. So, uh, but you know, the hardest thing I find with com- comedy is very similar to casual sex in that you want to get the basic information over as quickly as possible so you can get to the good part, right? <laughs> well, I think it's... <laughs> that will be my header for when I do the podcast for today's show. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> That's brilliant. But it, it's, I mean, it's funny, but it's, it is also actually very true. I mean, it, the, where that comment comes from is my experience, which is that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in a, you know, a cruise club, a sauna, or in a comedy club, you, you're trying to get to the good bit. So the good bit, obviously, when you're looking for sex is the sex. The good bit in in a comedy club is the laugh. So either way, you've got to try and get people to understand that essential information fairly quickly. And in both those situations, it can be a little difficult. I mean, the advantage in a comedy club is that you're not whispering like you are in a cruise club. (laughs) Yes, you you have a microphone. You have a microphone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people understand. I mean, when I first actually, when I was first doing stand up, I didn't talk about being trans at all. And a comedian in Toronto one day, when we were chatting, and he realized somehow it came up in conversation. He said, "Oh, you really should start including it in your comedy." And uh, I figured that I really did have a lifetime of stupid shit that people had said to me, which a lot of which was pretty funny. And um, but then what I found was that uh, even when I was, I thought I was being very clear about the fact that I'm transgender, that uh, the same thing that often happens in pickup situations, people just didn't believe me. They thought I was joking. So, <laughs> Well, which proves there's a linkage between casual sex and comedy. There is definitely, <laughs> well, especially in my case. <laughs>
<laughs> All right then. Um, so let's just I'll just um, let's just run through those um, venues again. Um, so the first um, shows are on Friday the twenty fifth and Saturday the twenty sixth, um, and they're at um, Kaz Rye Tops. Yeah, and look, that, those two shows are early shows. Um, in the in during the run of my season, I accommodate all times. Uh, the, those early shows are five pm. The show and they're the pay what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have uh, two shows at Sub Club, which are Sunday the 27th and Tuesday the 29th. That's downtown, and they're at 9 p.m. I have uh, five shows at Hare Hall, Hares and Hyenas, which is – they're all at 8 p.m. And then I have one final show on the last uh, – no, the second last Sunday, which Sunday the 10th of April, which is 10 p.m. at Kaz's again. All right. So um, it's all on the um, link bentcomedy.com or you can get there via that, um, which I've popped under the Facebook post for today so people can get there. Um, we'll, I'll keep putting the call out for a few more tickets. Um, Bent, all the best for the season, all the best for your stand-up and thanks for coming in today. Thanks a lot, Sally. You have a good one. All right, 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. We'll be back to discuss some of the issues of the week. Um, 3CR, 855am, digital3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Um, we eventually heard, um, after a false start, we got to Holy Grail from Hunters and Collectors, um, one of the great anthems of our time um, in classic Australian rock. Um, well, um, I had the pleasure yesterday with my transgender Victoria hat on, just to disclose that, of being down at the Seven Sisters Festival at Mount Martha. And there was a bit of debate about the festival last year um, when, unfortunately, a trans woman approached the festival and was told inappropriately, um, it is obviously fair to say, that only um, post-surgery trans women were allowed to attend. And it's unfortunate because um, you know, that was not representative, as I understand it, of what the festival wanted, and it's unfortunate that that scenario arose. But what came out of it was the desire for the festival to make sure that there was greater um, communication on diversity. So myself and trans Victorian trans advocacy pioneer Julie Peters um, went down yesterday to give a, a talk um, at um, the festival on trans and gender diverse issues, which was totally well received with good questions there afterwards. We just naturally talked about our life experiences, a quick talk of some of the issues that um, face trans people generally, um, just to make sure that they were separate, and then threw it open to questions. And there were some really good questions, particularly sport, um, which is an issue that trans and gender diverse people, and I think it's fair to say our intersex cousins, as, as I call intersex, um, often face because of you know expectations about body and identity and all that sort of thing, and you know it's an interesting one. You know, we I think we're too rigid in our binarying, if I can invent a word of sport that we you know divide people into male and female, particularly in well, sports mad macho Australia. But um, on the other hand, if you know um, if you then put everyone in and was genderless, would women never really get to the top? So I think we've just got to be more flexible. Um, and have been more <clears throat> find ways to be more inclusive. Um, some sports, you know, would it work, would it not? I mean, if a person, whether they're trans or cis or intersex or body expected or male or female, can, let's say, pick up a certain golf club and hit a golf ball, I don't know, 240 metres, can't they all play together? Why not? Um, 
you know, but is there some allowance for the fact that some bodies may have less power? You know, it's not just as easy as saying there's only male and only female. And, of course, the issues that intersex people have faced, um, people allegedly intersex, such as Castor Semenya and um, Dute and the Indian runner. And the fabulous Trevor Grant talks about this on his program, What's the Score Sport, at 5 o'clock on Fridays quite a bit too. Um, really, really, um, you know, worth thinking about. There's got to be better ways to do it. But overall, the talk well received, and I think the main thing that came out of it was that people, you know, said, okay, this was one talk, and it was unfortunately only on at um, um, lunchtime, and people said, well, we need more queer stuff, and the organisers who did make sure they attended the talk, it wasn't just, um, well, put the talk on and um, away we go, um, you know, um, were quite, um, quite supportive, and I think that whilst I totally acknowledge that the hurt that would have been caused, particularly to the trans women who contacted Seven Sisters late last year um, and also to others, I think we have been able to move past it and there was certainly a desire to have, we'll say, more queer and similar women's conversations in future years. And look, I really, got, well, the moment I got out of my car yesterday down there, the vibe of the festival just felt very warm and peaceful and I um, trust myself on that. And I think it is a very safe space. So uh, I don't want to advertise as such, but I think that whatever has happened has been learnt from. And I know it hurts when you know people say, "Oh, you're not woman enough," or as um, Bent just said, "I'm you know not you're not man enough," or whatever, because of a certain assumption about body identity and expression. But if people are willing to fix, you know, I always say, if people admit, fix, learn from, and try to prevent mistakes happening again. I'm willing to move on and I genuinely believe that the Seven Sisters Festival is sincere in wanting to be inclusive and move forward. I can't speak for other groups. Um, I'm, I know that um, they had Auntie Caroline down on the Friday night um, in terms of original inhabitants. I don't, um, and I heard there was long conversations. I don't know any more than that. I don't want to speak for that group. That would be a misuse of privilege. But let's give people a shot if they're willing to try, is I think all I can say. The other thing that um, there was controversy about last December on a similar note was the um, um, ethics centre debate that um, you know was um, finally happened, as I say, a few weeks ago. And the recording of that is now there on iView on ABC. It's been broadcast. So I haven't had a chance to watch it just yet myself, but um, certainly lots going on down there. Um, lots going on, and it's um, from reports of people who watched it and were involved in it. The trans presentation went really well. The report that I've had is that um, one of the um, trans exclusionary revolutionary feminists who was on the, well, I'd have to say the not-so-trans-supportive side of the debate in my best liberal and diplomatic voice, um, apparently had stacked the audience a bit, which I think is a bit stinky. Um, that's the allegation. I, don't, I haven't proven that. I don't have the full recording. Um, but at least the debate itself was well run. But, gee, stacking debates will come back to the safe school and propaganda and misinformation. Gee, might have to come back to that in a second because we do have to give an update on the Safe Schools Coalition. So I'll play a couple of messages and um, then come back and wrap up the show and um, we'll um, go from there. Um, 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. Freeze, fellas, you're under arrest. What do I do? Um, call a lawyer. Hello, Fitzroy Legal Service. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, if you are arrested, you should make a no-comment interview. A no-comment interview? Yeah. Well, how do I do that? You say... No No comment! To everything? Yes, except your name and address. Every other question you should answer with no comment. So if he asks me what colour my shoes are, I say no comment? Yes, you say... No No comment! To everything? Yes, say... No No comment! If you are arrested, exercise your right to contact a lawyer and say no comment. Fitzroy Legal Service proudly supporting 3CR. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the Dots. 3CR Community Radio. You got it right. You've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 8.55am. We're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976, and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape, and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch, and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers, And let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. On your rod. Um, I think Rod might have needed um, the advice from Fitzroy Legal Service a couple of times in um, his career. Anyway, um, a debate for another time. Well, lots of things coming up in the um, rainbowish communities. Um, run through some of the um, um, regular events first um, that are always on. Um, coming up this Tuesday is the uh, Melbourne um, by chat. Um, as as always, um, the by discussion group at the Parkview is about six thirty for seven thirty. Um, now. Um, my guess is that with Easter next Saturday, um, the anxiety group is not on. Um, so I would just check with Transgender Victoria first. Sorry, I haven't had a chance to check that. Um, Trans Family, I know, as co-facilitator, is definitely not on. But we're taking advantage of that wonderful, wacky Roman calendar. Given that there are five Saturdays in April, there will be a meeting of Trans Family on the 2nd of April and the 30th, and then we'll get back to the usual 4th Saturday. So watch out for that. Um, and that just about gets us through until next week. Um, the Poly Social should be on um, next Sunday. Check Poly Vic's Facebook pages and website for details. So um, they're the usual events coming up, um, but of course there is a big, uh, very important event coming up, and, we've, and that is, of course, the update on the Safe Schools Coalition. Unfortunately, the um, ridiculous response of the government. The Simon Loudon-led report seemed, well, maybe reasonable, a few minor changes, but the government seems to have gone, I don't know, even further than that. Um, But um, there is now a snap rally um, for for those listening on Sunday. Tomorrow night, March the 21st, um, at 6 o'clock at the State Library, um, yet again, thank you to the State Library for their cooperation in organising rallies so quickly. Really appreciate that. Um, a gaggle of speakers being prepared. Um, and um, at this stage, I'm pretty sure that I will be one of them. So um, got to go home and do some speech writing or something. Cram everything we need to put into into four minutes. But it is really important. This is... Um, 
you know, sort of, um, um, you know, it is a really difficult situation. I know that um, what is happening with safe schools is very triggering for a lot of people of all ages, not just young people and their um, parents and families. But um, it was interesting to note that older GLBTI people seem to be having, um, you know, re-recalling some of the stuff they went through at school. And even though people are relatively, you know, one one writer put, well-adjusted, that it's all coming back. And that's really traumatic. This is a very difficult time for our communities, but we can um, get through it. We are strong. We have lots of laws and things on our side at this time, and we will use them. And there is lots of support out there. Um, And so I know that the anti-GLBTI voices seem very loud and very strong, but I think we have it in our way too. And we are amazing, creative, queer people who are ingenious and thoughtful, and we can work everything out. So, um, yeah, hang in there if you can. Get down there um, um, Monday night at um, 6 o'clock, and it will be 25 this time. The um, rain ponchos can stay at home um, at 328 Swanson Street um, at 6 o'clock. Keep an eye on the event on Facebook for those on social media called Snap Action in Defence of Safe Schools Melbourne. Um, And I know other people around the country are organising events in your capital city and we will fight back and we will move forward again as we always do all right i'd better get out of here and make way for freedom of species um and um take it out today appropriately enough with rose tattoo from the um the an album called unofficial national anthems and um well appropriately enough um this track is um um, sorry, just having a having a few technical hitches today. They happen. My apologies. Um, and um, take it out today with Rose Tattoo, a classic um, early 80s track originally off the Scarred for Life album. And, well, very appropriate because we can't be beaten. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.